0: Well, welcome back, everybody. We're finally back here in the studio and at Utah State University. It's been a while since we've been together last. Um, we're live on Aggie Radio, 92.3 FM. You can catch us on the Radio FX app. We're also live on Instagram right now. Uh, we're still struggling to get YouTube working. Uh, I don't think the computer here in the studio can handle so much at once. So we're going to get that figured out here in the near future. Um, we're going to be starting out with everything USU athletics. We're going to talk a lot about football um, so with the new coaching staff, a lot of uh, transfers coming in, as well as uh, talking about Utah State basketball. We're going to finish off with some NFL drama in the NFC East, following to end the regular season, and then we're going to talk about some too early picture or too early playoff picture for the NBA. Um, we are going to be bringing on here in the new future uh, Kyle Money Mayberry. He's a transfer from Kansas. He's going to be really helping us in the backfield on defense. Um, so excited to bring him on. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll let you know on Instagram when he's going to be coming live with us. You can catch us on Instagram at uh, uh Follow us on Instagram. Go ahead and tune on. tune on in to Instagram Live. We've got you going right now. Um so to start out, Utah State basketball uh kind of had some blips to start the season. Uh had some pretty nasty losses for the first couple games, but then once conference uh play has started, we're 4-0 now, getting wins against uh San Jose State as well as Air Force. Now, I know we're, you know, those are, you know, great 4-0. Those are also probably two of the worst teams that we have in our conference, so I think we'll get a better idea of our our team as we start facing you know we got new mexico coming up um as well as san diego state so those are two two matchups that we should really look forward to to really tell what kind of a team we've got here up at utah state Uh, we're tied for boise state for first in the conference right now so that's something to look forward to um try and keep up there in the rankings every win is a good win because when it comes to you know conference playoffs at the end of the season you want to have a higher seed, you know, for the chance to be able to, you know, get a bye and not have to play so many games, get some rest after the regular season. Um, so there's really three players on our team that I really want to, you know, point out and mention. Um, they're actually, you know, three of our leaders in almost every category. Um, and in points per game, we've got Marco Anthony. He's averaging 12.8 points per game. Justin Beans averaging 12.4. And then we got our big man Kata, He's averaging eleven point eight, and that's not really something you see very much in college basketball. Is you know you got I think we even have four players who are averaging over ten points a game, and then you know got a few guys here at eight and seven. A lot of times you see you know guys averaging like fifteen to twenty points a game, um, and then the next guy is like maybe at ten, um, somewhere below that. So having you know four or five guys on the floor at a time who can you know put the basketball in the hoop we're really excited to have a, a team that's so on the same level as far as talent skill uh, basketball iq really excited to watch these guys going into the season um you got the same three guys averaging the most rebounds per game we got kata's got 8.7 beans got 8.1 and Marcos got 4.7 um and then assist wise we actually have the big man kata averaging 3.6 uh so we've got guys that are you know like I said, we're all on the same talent level, and I love to be able to see that these guys, you know, can really count on each other to score, to you know, get the ball, uh, get on the boards, pass the ball. Really looking forward to seeing our team perform this year. Um, I think we've got tonight is actually our next game. Let me get that on that for you. I believe it was scheduled for eight o'clock. But we are, I think we've moved it to 7, 7 o'clock p.m. And you can catch that on FS1. Uh, that's Fox. You know, if you've got uh, any kind of cable or, you know, live streaming service, whether it's YouTube TV or Hulu or whatever, if you, you can find that on FS1 um, at 7 o'clock tonight. Let me find that here real quick for you. Okay. So I believe we're playing New Mexico tonight. Yep, we're in New Mexico. It says 8 o'clock on ESPN, but from what I've seen on social media, the school has announced and Mountain West have announced that um, it will be starting at 7 o'clock on FS1. That might be a TV deal. I'm not 100% sure, but great matchup to look forward to. Um, New Mexico's always been a really tough team. You know, they're, they're a program that just doesn't back down. Um especially to play in New Mexico. I think if there were fans there, we'd see more of a, you know, home court advantage for New Mexico and probably be a little bit more of an even game. But, um, you know, the odds are in our favor. We've, Like I said, we've got the guys who have talent. I was a little worried that, you know, when we had our seniors leave last year, uh, Sam Merrill obviously is, you know, in the NBA now. He's contributing very well to a championship-contending team. Um, and so when we lost that talent, I was worried that, you know, where's all the scoring going to come from, and every single one of our our guys has stepped up. Um, Like I said, we've got four guys averaging more than 10 points a game, Um, and that's going to be key is to, you know, compensating for that scoring. Um, As far as Utah State football goes, we've got some new coaching hires. Uh, Chucky Keaton is back, our former quarterback. He was hired as the running back coach, Um, so we're excited to have him back. I think he's pretty excited to be here as well um, from what I've seen um, from news press releases and everything that he's he's excited to be back here at his alma mater he's been quite a different places I think he was at Oregon State at Texas Tech with Matt Wells and um, it's good to have him back I think you know I'm really excited about football as, as weird of a year as this was uh, we've got a great coach who's you know really excited to be here who's on fire he's a stud um, it was unfortunate that you know whatever happened with Gary Anderson didn't work out and um, you know we all know that there's stuff going on within the school uh, and we're trying to get that figured out but as far as football goes we are super excited for this team next year Um, a lot of new additions Um, like I said coach Blake Anderson he brought a quarterback over with him Um, not entirely sure of the of the name of the the kid but um, I've heard a lot of great things from that program over at Arkansas State and like I said coach Anderson's Blake Anderson, that is, is a fireball, and I'm super excited to see what he's going to do with our team. Super excited for our defense. Um, like I said, we, you know, we we're hoping to talk with uh, Kyle Marbury, transfer from Kansas, and but you know, we're missing some equipment here in the studio to not allow us to be able to get Zoom calls working, and we're going to be able to get that figured out um, here in the near future. It looks like I don't know how to run Instagram Live. It might just not be working. Okay. All right. Hopefully, we'll get that here working here in the next few minutes. Got my lovely wife here helping me get it worked out here in the studio. All righty there we go. Now we're live. If you're on Instagram, hello. That was a, this is going to be a rough first show guys. Appreciate just sticking with us and tuning in. You know, we're trying to get YouTube set up so that you guys can watch, um, outside of cash Valley. But like I said, we're going to be working on that here in the near future. And for right now, Instagram Live is going to have to do, um, some of the cool things about Kyle Marbury though, we're getting back in Utah state football. Uh, I was noticed that he had you know some pretty good schools that he had offers from to transfer to and and he you know of all schools he chose utah state and we're going to be asking him about that when he comes on um got a lot of actually great transfers we have you know one of the uh best defensive tackles in the that i think in in the nation uh, orion peoples um who we've got transferred over to utah state and he's you know, I th- I'm not sure if he had some influence in Kyle Mayberry coming over to Utah State, but I know he when uh, Kyle tweeted out what schools he had options for, um, Peoples did tweet and say, come home, fam. And so I'm wondering if he had an influence there. So we'll, we'll catch up with Kyle Mayberry again here soon. Um, as far as the NFL playoffs go, um, you know, we had some controversy at the end of the regular season. Uh, you know the Eagles it kind of seemed like you know there's a lot of talk that coach Doug Peterson was you know just trying to tank for a better draft pick but I mean if he was it'd be a pretty dumb decision because you're going from the ninth overall pick to the sixth overall pick and you're not going to get a quarterback because you found Jalen Hurts who has been proven to be, you know, better and more consistent than Carson Wentz? Unfortunately, as talented as that guy is, it's, you know, been a struggle. I think he needs to find a different situation to, to be in. But Jalen Hurts has stepped up, and I think that he has got to be your guy. And there's really no quarterback that you're going to be able to get that's better than Jalen Hurts at the sixth spot, you know. And so, what's the point of you? What are you going to get a better? you know, cornerback, you need, you need everything. Um, you've just struggled to, to show any consistency within the Eagles um, organization. And so, you know, play to win, especially if these guys are out here trying to play. Like, I understand you want to get this, these guys' snaps and whatnot, but at the end of the season where it's a playoff potential, you know, deciding game, you know, are you just trying to not let the Giants in or are you just, you know, like what's the what's the point here? But like I said, we don't really know what's going on. So we've got the Washington football team in the playoffs, which they're a good team. And it's good to see them back. Uh, you know, competing and you know, after the Alex Smith injury and everything going on with that organization and Dwayne Haskins not living up to his potential and hopefully he gets his situation figured out. But it's good to see them finally coming back and competing as a team. And, you know, we're gonna see them in the first round against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um as far as on the AFC side though we we're seeing some really I I didn't really think the AFC was going to be that competitive especially after the Ravens weren't doing so well uh the Titans really kind of ha- were you know inconsistent they were doing really good not doing so good kind of finished shaky against the Texans at the end of the season here um I thought for sure Kansas City was just going to run away with it and we're just going to see Kansas City in the Super Bowl against whoever could come out of the NFC uh conference but it's turned out to be a very competitive conference over in the afc the bills have shown tremendous you know they were doing really good and i think they just got you know caught up in all the hype and everything that they were you know a really good team and so we saw them shake up just a little bit but they've regained their confidence everything is back josh allen is a stud um him and stefan diggs have really connected and I am super excited to see what they can do. Um, I think if they, you know, they're going to go to the Super Bowl if they can get past Kansas City in the second round. Um, you know, like like I said, the Rams will put up a good fight. Or sorry, not the Rams, the Ravens will get put up a good fight, I think. Um, I even think they'll make it to the conference championship as well. If Oh, now I'm, oh, I did this all wrong. Forgive me, I've... You know, this this new playoff format is throwing me off. I forgot that it's the lowest seed. So it could be any one of the Titans, Ravens, Browns, and Colts that the Chiefs will go up. So they're not going off against the Bills in the second round. But like I said, I think the Ravens, you know, you put up a good fight against the Titans. They're, they've they shown that, you know, they're they're past what was, you know, happening in the middle of the regular season. So the Ravens I would really watch out for. They're going to be you know, making some really close games. And I think they can make it to the conference championship if, you know, depending on their opponents that they go up against, like I said, it's up in the air because the chiefs will just go up against the remaining lowest seed, which, you know, if the Colts beat the bills, it's them. Or, you know, if the bills win and it, there's just so many different situations that could, you know, the chiefs don't even know who they're going to be playing against until this week's over until wild wildcard week is over. And let me tell you, it is wild. Over in the NFC, uh, you know, as good as the Bucks are talent-wise, I still think they need to figure some things out. Um, they've kind of been inconsistent. Every team has been kind of inconsistent, if you think about it, just because you have players going out with COVID, um, injuries. It's a really weird season. We're not used to, you know, seeing so many games postponed and moved. And I don't think teams were necessarily ready for that either. And so, really, I think any anybody—it's anybody's year to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, the Bears, I don't think, are you know, from what we've seen at the end of the season, the Bears have no chance against the Saints. The Saints have been rolling; they absolutely destroyed um, in their last uh, in the, their last regular season game. I believe they played the um, the Panthers, if I remember right, but. Yeah, the Saints have just been rolling, and they've you know they're not stopping. Um, Seahawks and Rams—that's going to be a really close one as well. The Rams have a great defense that I, I think the Seahawks can overcome. Um, it's just a matter of if the Rams' offense can you know get rolling and actually you know actually put up some points against the Seahawks because the Seahawks have a great offense that you know are going to be you know pushing the ball up the field. Uh, and you've got to stop them, or else you're gonna be blown out pretty hard um, you Now, if we get to the Washington football team and the bucks, like I said the bucks have been so inconsistent all year um you know they've been beating all the really bad teams but really not doing very well against the good teams i I think this is going to be a closer game than we think um however, I do think the bucks are going to come out on top because like I said talent their defense is. Uh, going to be able to stop a not-so-great Washington offense. Um, however, I think, you know, we're going to be able to We're gonna see some upsets. We're going to see, you know, some really close games, some games that we think are going to be close and are going to be blowouts. So I would keep just, you know, be watching, be watching the games. Um, I think we've got games this Saturday and Sunday that you can tune into. Um, you know, we'll be tuning in here on the Curd. And, you know, we're going to be talking about it. We're going to be talking a lot about it. Uh, this Saturday, we've got um, the Colts and Bills, the Rams and Seahawks, and the Buccaneers and the Washington football team. And then Sunday, you got the remaining Wild Card games with the Ravens and Titans, Bears and Saints, and Browns and Steelers. So, you know, try to catch a couple games, and then we'll be tuning in here to, to be talking about each and every one of them um, coming next week. Now let's move over to the NBA um we're gonna have a really short show today just because you know we started late as well as we're trying to get more technical stuff figured out um but let's go ahead and get over to the NBA uh we're gonna talk a little bit about a way too early playoff picture uh, just from what I've seen um, in the first what is it seven games maybe for some teams um, obviously the Lakers are on a roll they've been You know, they had a little short break, and so, you know, I think they're seeing it as just a continuation of last season and didn't really take too much of a break, and their mindset's going to be, you know, we're playing for another championship here. So I think this first half of the season, you know, all the way up till March, I think the Lakers are going to be probably the number one seed. Um, It's kind of hard to tell if they're going to get tired, and, you know, they're a really old team. So they could get really tired, and the second half of the season might prove otherwise. But as far as what I've got in my playoff picture, I think the Lakers are going to come out first again. Um, And they'll be matched up against the Rockets. You know, as crazy as the James Harden situation is, the Rockets still haven't locked in for, I think, two more years. And, you know, they have the leverage on this end of just, you know, you can either sit and, you know, not play with us, and your value is going to deteriorate over those two years. Nobody's really going to want you too much unless... They can see that you're going to be working hard and proving that you do want to be on some other team and, you know, actually compete for a championship. Or you can stay and, you know, play with us and, you know, get used to be playing with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and still be the best guy on the court, which you kind of probably weren't always the best player on the court with Russell Westbrook there. Um, At least not in Russell Westbrook's mind, which is... I think a good thing for him to be on the Wizards, he's got to be the best guy on the team for him to even um, to succeed and and win games. If you're fighting for who's going to have the ball more and who can score the most points and get the most stats, you're going to be losing games. And, you know, we kind of saw that with Houston. They really weren't a great matchup for the Lakers in the second round. Uh, I think the Lakers beat them 4-1. So, like I said, I think they're going to be you know, better matchup here with John Wall and Demarcus Cousins. Like those are two guys that you can get behind and and say, like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make James Harden the number one guy, and then we're gonna be two and three after that. Um, at the four and five spots, I've got the Clippers and Denver. Um, that's just gonna be kind of switched back and forth. The Clippers are that organization is kind of you know thrown through a loop, uh, especially with Montrezl Harrell leaving. Um I think he wants to stay in LA but he's like I just don't want to play for this Clippers team anymore and that was a Clippers team before Kawhi Leonard and Paul George got there that was very tight knit and they put up a great fight against the Warriors in 2018 and um or the 2019 playoffs I believe and that was a team that felt super tight knit and you know wanted to win and they were you know they fought hard and now that you know last season there was a lot of drama and everything between Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, the organization, uh, this offseason wondering if, you know, there's tampering involved with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George coming to the Clippers. Um, and that's you know, that's kind of shaking up that organization. So those kind of things can really make you very inconsistent throughout the year. And so the Clippers I don't think are gonna be the two, three seed. I think they're gonna be a four or five seed, maybe even a six seed, and we'll see. This kind of really shows that you know, Kawhi Leonard in Toronto, is just a fun, exciting, yeah, let's win a championship year and we can do it. And that's all we got out of it. I think, um, all we got out of him, he's not verbal enough to me to be, you know, a guy that can be the number one guy, lead a team, um, as talented as he is, he's, you know, I just don't think he's, he's, the, he can be the number one guy. Um, in a, in a culture of the, uh, that the Clippers have where you have, you know, so much inconsistency and, and confusion throughout the organization. Um, like we've seen in the past couple of years, I think they were really excited and they had all these expectations and then didn't come up to those expectations and losing to Denver in the, in the conference semifinals, I think really shook up that organization. But like I said, we'll see. Uh, I have Denver in the four or five spot just because they're, I don't know. Just as as good as and talented they may seem, I just don't see them being, you know, a two three seed like everybody thinks they can, or a, a championship contender for that matter. Um, I just don't think they have the depth to. You know, they lost Jeremy Grant, and we've seen that in so many of Denver's games that that defense and that length is just not there. Um, you know, he was. I think he was their main defensive guy. Their big hustler. You know, the guy that can really get an arm out there and get steals, blocks, uh, really stop the you know the opposing team from scoring, and they're they're seeing that. I think most of Denver' ga- Denver's games have been over 110 points um, for the opposing team, and that's not a defense that is going to get you, you know, a top seed in the playoffs. In the three six seed, I've got the Jazz in third. I know a lot of you are probably thinking that's real hopeful, but I'm a Jazz fan. I'm going to put them up there because I know what the Jazz can be. They did get blown out by the Nets last night, and that was really embarrassing. Uh, I think they were thinking, oh, Kevin Durant's out. You know, we we have no problem then. We, we're just going to roll past these guys because without Durant, we've seen what they can be. And, and Kyrie came in and just torched them in the first quarter. I think Kyrie scored more points than the entire Jazz team in the first quarter, and that can't happen. Um, if the Jazz even want to be a top seed in the Western Conference. So at the sixth seed, I've got Dallas. They're just too young, for me to be able to as. And the the hype for Luka Doncic is just overwhelming for me. I can't believe that they think that he's the second, third best player in the league. Um. And they, he just doesn't show enough experience for me to have that i think you need to give him another three four years before he's even you know considered for that uh that title of of being one of the best players in the league and you know they have odds i think he's probably the second highest odds to to win the the mvp this year and that just blows my mind i can't i can't think that that he would actually win that with how young he is i I know he puts up triple doubles and is all great and everything but they're three and four and you know they've been losing to you know some good teams but they've also been losing to some bad teams and you know losses for that matter bad teams The are hornets and the bulls those really aren't necessarily great teams those are team; those are you know wins that you need to be getting uh on a consistent basis especially if you're supposed to be one of these championship contending teams if you're supposed to be the mvp this year that's that's not, those aren't, you know, losses that you want to have. I mean, those are double digit losses to both of those teams. Um, in the two and seven seed, um, in the second spot, I've got Phoenix. Um, this Phoenix team has been showing some great talent. Chris Paul is, I think, just that one piece that they needed to, you know, have a veteran leader who can take over the game and, uh, you know, really help these young guys say in this situation, this is what we do, and this is what you guys need to do to be able to be a winning team. Um, and the additions of Jay Crowder on defense are really going to help that. Uh, you know, we saw that here in Utah. Jay Crowder really helped us off the bench; was a great sixth man as far as defensively goes, especially to keep um, you know keep the ball out on the three-point line, um, especially when Rudy was out. Because when Rudy was out last season, we were hurting on defense hard. Our our bench was just not where it needed to be. And I think that was resolved uh, this off season with, you know, Mike Conley getting, you know, finally in the groove, Jordan Clarkson is, you know, we've realized what he can be off the bench, but, you know, also getting some really key defensive players to help, you know, limit scoring while our starters are on the bench, our scorers are on the bench. Um, Portland, I have in the seventh seed. I'm really not sure, you know, depending on how new Orleans does as well as, Um, you know, the, the Warriors do, if Steph Curry can, you know, really carry this team. I, I'm not sure Portland even makes the playoffs. They're a team also that's been so inconsistent and, you know, they've been putting up, you know, decent fights in most of the games that they've been in, but, you know, you're still, you know, losing it by 20 to the jazz. I, as good as the jazz are, I don't think they should be losing to the jazz by 20, um, you know, you're barely beating a Rockets team by two that really don't have any, you know, identity right now. They're not really sure, but you know, they definitely blew you out. Um, you know, losing to the Clippers by 23 points—that's another team that you shouldn't be losing by 23 points to. If you know, you're supposed to be one of the best shooting teams in the league. Your defense obviously isn't where it needs to be. Um, so. Portland's, you know, in there at 7, I think I have them above Houston because I still think Houston needs to figure some things out. But Portland is going to be I think you know, a bubble, you know, on the fence team uh whether or not they actually make it into the playoffs. On the Eastern uh, the Eastern Conference side, I I have some interesting ones. Uh, I'm, I'm even surprising myself on some of this. Uh the Celtics I have at the number 1 spot. Um, I think the Celtics are going to really figure out who they are. Jason Tatum has, you know, been on a roll. Jalen Brown um, is a guy I think that, you know, he's going to be a great number two this season. As great as Kemba Walker is, I, I'm not sure that he's going to be playing consistent enough to to be the number two guy. I think he just needs to be the facilitator, you know, getting guys the ball, especially guys like Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown. Those two guys can score and we you know we can see him get in the paint shoot from the outside shoot the mid-range uh, Kemba just needs to be the quick guy that he is and get them the ball and I think that's what's going to get them to be that number one seed um, I have him playing against the Wizards you know I after I think the fourth seed I really was struggling to figure out who you know who to put into this Eastern Conference playoffs because you know after the fourth fifth team i you know, I think th- there's a pretty big drop off on, on talent and, um, consistency. Um, so yeah, I have the wizards in there just because Russell Westbrook is, you know, he's excited to be in Washington. You know, he's got his new number, his new team. He feels like he can be the best guy on the floor. Um, even though I, if, you know, if I were in that situation, I would want Bradley Beale to be the number one guy cause he's been proven that he can score. Um, We'll just have to see how it works. That's why I have them at the eight seed is because, you know, you've got two great guys who can squeeze into that playoff picture, um, but not really sure that they're going to get too far. I'm um, In the 4-5 seed, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. I can already tell. But I have the 76ers in the 4th seed and the Brooklyn Nets in the five seed. Um, the reason I put them there is because, like I said, they're still trying to figure out exactly um, who they are. We saw them you know, uh, just a couple nights ago, uh, they were playing, um, the Wizards and they were down by one. They needed, you know, they had multiple opportunities to make a decently, you know, easy shot. And I think they were just getting too excited to, to be the guy to make the game winning shot. And so Kyrie, you know, missed a shot. Kevin Durant missed a a mid range jumper, which he makes almost, you know, 70, 80% of the time and just didn't fall for him. And, so I think they got to figure a few things out. Throughout this first half of the season, my my official stance is the five seed. But I think once we see the second half of the season come into play and what kind of schedule we're going to see them have, I think they can move up in the standings. Um, but, yeah, for right now, I think I've got them in the 76ers, which they're, the 76ers are one, like, I think they're ones with Brooklyn that's so where we flip back and forth, five, four or five seed. Uh, just because the 76ers – I think they're starting to figure out who they are a little bit more. Um, You know, they've kind of realized, okay, we need to get out of this, trust the process mode, and the process needs to be complete. We need to be a a team that's going to compete. And they've, they've shown that they can, you know, really put away the bad teams and come up with wins against the good teams. They did have a kind of iffy loss against the Cavs. I'm not sure exactly what went into that. I wasn't paying attention with, you know, what their current state was. Um, at that time of the season. But, you know, you're getting good wins against the Knicks who are on fire team, against the Wizards who, you know, beat the Nets. Um, two great wins against, you know, uh, the Hornets. You know, as bad as a team they are, they still have talent and they're a flashy team with LaMelo Ball being on there and Gordon Hayward. But, yeah, like I said, the 76ers have kind of shown that, you know, like, hey, the process is complete. We need to start showing who we really are. In the three and six slot, I've got uh, the Heat in, at number three and the Hawks at six. He is, as great as the Hawks may be this season, I really am not too confident that Trey Young's, you know, he can put up good numbers and everything, but he's not a, he's not a guy I think that's really going to put your team in the playoffs. And so these last three, you know, eight, the seven, eight, or sorry, six, seven, eight spot, I'm kind of, you know, those are the those are teams like I said. I'm not really sure what what spot they're going to be in or if they're even going to make the playoffs. Um, Miami's I have them at the three spot because they are going to be a team that is going to fight for every single game that they are in, and they've they've proven that. Um, we've seen that last uh, last playoffs they made it to the finals and said we're not going to back down from anybody, and we're going to show a team that show teams that we're going to fight. Um, you know they've the heat of i think they're a little bit tired which is why we see some blowout losses against like the bucks um uh the mavs um but you know coming up in in that second stint with the bucks they came out and said yeah we're we're still going to be able to beat uh, the mv former mvp and defensive player of the year like you know that's if if we saw them lose twice in a row i think we would see them more of a you know a team that's kind of depleted from last season like last season was just kind of like oh yeah they were just on fire and you know had a good streak but coming back and beating the Bucks by you know 11 points is going to be a big a big deal and that's going to be that's going to really help their resume coming the end of the season um in the two and seven spot I have the Milwaukee Bucks because Drew Holiday has kind of been you know that facilitator and that veteran guy who can you know kind of like the same role that Chris Paul is playing he's not going to be there to always score points but he's going to get people the ball when they need it he's going to score when they need it um you know when Giannis is on the bench and Chris Middleton isn't having a good game because as great of a two player Chris Middleton can be I don't think he's a consistent two player uh for that team um especially when Giannis is on the bench we've seen Chris Middleton come up with points but like I said at times really inconsistent two player and drew holiday really helps that and that's why i think they're going to be a a team that's going to come out as second um in the east in the seventh spot my can my canadian friends aren't going to like this one but i've got toronto um in the seventh and this is here's why let's we're going to take a look here at their uh their schedule so far um you know, we've got losses against the Celtics. That's a double-digit loss. Loss against the Pelicans. I'm not really set on the Pelicans. That's why I think a team like the Raptors, as good as they need to be or can be, need to win that game. Um, Toronto's 1-5 in right now, and they've won one game against the Knicks. And as on fire of the Knicks has been, uh, they're not, you know, that's, you know, getting a win against the Knicks is kind of something that you need. If you had have lost, that's even worse for you. Um but coming up one in five, you're, you know, I think you're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference at that point. Um, they're in a new, you know, they're in Tampa Bay. Um, they're really, you know, playing in a, in a place that they're not used to. They're not used to, you know, play practicing in their own practice facility. That's something that they've got to adjust to. So, you know, the Toronto Raptors are not a one in five team. Um they are definitely a, you know, a, I think a playoff contending team, but this slow start to the season has really put them down into Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to be able to get used to playing in Tampa Bay, practicing in Tampa Bay? Um, that's something we're going to have to look out for. But that shaky start, starting one and five, is something that I'm not sure if you're going to make the playoffs. Um, we have some other teams that are, you know, showing that they want to be in. Atlanta is one of those, for for that matter. You know, Atlanta's gotten some great pieces in the offseason, some, um, you know, we got Bogdan Bogdanovich, who they were able to sign in the offseason, who's a great shooter, great scorer. Um, you know, there's teams like that, and the Hornets might even be one. Like, if Gordon Hayward can get on a roll, the mellow ball is as good as we, you know, as we saw him play in Australia and in high school. Those are going to be, you know, teams that you're going to have to fight a playoff spot for. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, Toronto, it's its kind of up in the air, and they're going to have to really fight uh, come the second half of the season to get a playoff spot. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, it's probably a very rough first show of the year. Uh, like I said, we're going to be getting YouTube figured out. Um, I don't think the c- computer here in the studio can handle streaming and doing um, the audio for... Uh, radio at the same time so we might have to bring some other equipment in to get that started we'll be working on that uh but tune in next friday 10 a.m mountain standard time and we're going to be um making some score predictions for each uh nfl wild card game um and hopefully we'll be able to bring kyle mayberry on um we're going to be in uh, keeping in contact with him uh see if we can get him here on the show here soon get some uh equipment back here in the studio to help with zoom calls so uh, thanks for tuning in guys like i said uh, thanks for tuning in here on instagram live Um, we really appreciate you guys showing support for the show like i said we're going to be back on a regular schedule here this year uh, monday wednesday friday 10 a.m so stay tuned if you can't catch us on 92.3 fm here in cache valley we are on the radio fx app um, as well as we'll be streaming on either instagram live or on youtube so stay tuned for that Follow us on social media at the Curd USU on Twitter and Instagram, and you'll be able to figure out there uh, what's where we're going to be streaming for that show. Uh, thanks again, guys, and we'll see you on Friday.